and welcome back to the Cordell and Cordell and Men's Divorce uh, video and podcast. I'm Scott Trout, CEO and managing partner of Cordell and Cordell. And as always, we bring to you uh, a Cordell and Cordell attorney from around the country to uh, bring you the latest uh, information as it relates to COVID-19 and how it's affecting guys facing all family law issues, not just divorce, it's modification, paternity, uh, really runs the gambit of all family law. Uh, so keep in mind that uh, this is not to be taken as legal advice. Uh, I'm only licensed in Missouri, Illinois, and Georgia. And uh, so I cannot provide you that, and neither can the guest. And so make sure that if you need to get a specific question answered, consult with an attorney. As you know, uh, we are available through virtual or telephonic, and in some instances, in some areas around the country, in person, but health and safety is first. But you can contact us at 866-DADS-LAW or CordellCordell.com. You can check us out on the web to schedule that uh, consultation with us. And so today, what we will be doing and spending our time is going through all of the questions that have been submitted by our listeners, as well as our viewers on the webinar that we have each week. Uh, we devote just an entire podcast to just going through those, and we'll do that today. And I'm joined by uh, Cordell Attorney in Arkansas. Gianna, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm glad to have you. So let's just get right at it, and we'll try to get through what we have. We have about 13 questions that have not been addressed yet. So uh, we'll do our best to kind of get through these. So uh, Gianna, Matt H. asked that uh, with his daughter being diabetic and more susceptible to uh, obviously COVID, would her mother still have hesitation this summer if we're still under self-quarantine? So my advice is always for clients is always look at what your current divorce decree or current order says. If the order says that summer visitation is supposed to take place with you or the other parent, then you will want to follow that order unless there's something else that would trump that. If you do think that there would be a good reason to prevent that time from happening, that summer visitation from happening, then you would maybe want to consult with an attorney to modify that summertime. But unless you have an order preventing that, then yes, you would want that summer visitation to continue. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things we spoke about yesterday in the webinar, even in our UK, uh, in issues like this where parents, one or the other, have some concerns is really begin a communication, start laying those facts out in writing, not just, you know, on a phone call saying, hey, I'm concerned, you know, particularly whether it's diabetes or asthma, there are a lot of conditions which mm -hmm. perhaps may give rise, but I think you want to avoid um, obviously violating court orders. You want to look at that, have a consultation with an attorney to really make the best decision that gives you the least impact and repercussions. Because I think as we roll out of this, uh, judges may be a little bit harsh on those parents that really have denied custody in certain circumstances without really, really good facts and circumstances. So that's a, that's a good point there, Jenna. So Eric asks, uh, I'm an Iowa resident and a non-custodial parent. Uh, I need to occasionally travel out of state for work. If work causes me to miss scheduled time with my kids, am I allowed to make those days within 30 days of the missed time? So that's, that's part one. Um, we'll get to that second part of the question that Eric had. So can, can Eric get makeup time for traveling and missing scheduled visits? That's a, an interesting question. So again, like I was saying before, I would sound like a broken record, is you would want to review your current order and see what that current order says. If that current order says that you get the missed makeup, that you get the missed time, you get to make up that time, then 
I would say that order is still in place. Unless there's something that would prevent that, like another order from the court, then you would still get that time. Yeah. And, and you would just want to... Yeah. Oh, Go ahead, please. I would say that you would just want to tell the other parent that you're going to be making up this time. You'd want to put that in writing to her through a text message or an email. Mm -hmm. So if there's some type of a, you know, she's not letting you have this time, you're, you know, make sure that it's in writing that there's this disagreement. You don't want there to be a, a big back and forth, but let her know that you're intending to make up this time. And then you can doc, so it's do documented if you have to have a, a hearing or something mm -hmm. down the line. Yeah, and I think Eric, one of the things that stood out to me is this work schedule. If, if as Jenna points out, that maybe let's just say your judgment is silent on makeup time, uh, and your work schedule is going to be consistent in the future, it may be it give rise to a modification. You know, just to right. an adjustment of the custody schedule, where uh, very similar to firefighters, I have firefighters whose schedule changes monthly or perhaps every two months. Uh, what they do is, you know, they're required to provide the other parent a copy of their schedule. Both parents are to meet and, and ensure that they can get, to say, 14 days scheduled during the following month in which mm -hmm. that work schedule to accommodate both. Uh, it may be something like that that you may want to consult with an attorney to think about it. This is going to be a permanent, and it didn't exist at the time of the divorce. There may be a change that, uh, you know, calls for a modification of the visitation schedule. Just something to think about. Absolutely, yeah. So then the second part is due to the state's recommendation, not law, that I self-quarantine. My ex says I can't see my kids for 14 days. Uh, does the court order not prevail over this recommendation for self-isolation, which would cause me delayed time with my kids? So the way I read that, Jana, before you answer is that it doesn't appear that there's any perhaps health conditions that are requiring Eric to quarantine. It's just uh, maybe he's referencing the stay-at-home or shelter-in-place and mm -hmm. to avoid and minimize travel and, and outside. So, you know, can he, can the ex deny him basically for 14 days until he shows no symptoms? I would say that the court order would still prevail in that mm -hmm. situation. So I would say my suggestion, I mean, my advice would be, you know, that she wouldn't be able to just unilaterally deny the visitation unless she has some type of an emergency order or another court order that's saying that she can stop that and by court order i mean something from the judge sign not some state recommendation or suggested guideline it would have to be something from the judge in their particular case signed so unless she's got that then their current order would still prevail yeah i agree and i think eric should put again in writing saying look i don't have any symptoms i haven't been exposed to anyone that had covid um, there's nothing that would indicate that i'm a health risk to anyone including my children Right. I'm feeling fine. I'm, you know, the judgment says I'm entitled to it. I don't need to wait 14 days. I expect it. And then if she continues to deny, you know, maybe you go pursue an enforcement of visitation rights. You know, there's all kinds of uh, mechanisms yes. throughout the country, depending upon your state. You know, Missouri has one called a family access motion that typically under normal court circumstances, you'd be in within two weeks. Uh, it's designed for uh, individuals to not be represented so that they can mm -hmm. kind of secure a quick thing. So again, a lot of these things require just a very quick consultation with an attorney to give you advice along the lines that uh, Jana was just providing. So Eric, I mm -hmm. encourage that. Uh, so Kevin G uh, says, if the rest of the school year is canceled, which it has been, mm -hmm. uh, do I keep paying my child support? Um, now, 
Kevin goes in, and I'm wondering if Kevin's talking about college, because Kevin, Kevin says, do I have to wait until my 18-year-old son moves in with me, and then do I file something to stop child support? So I'll, I guess we can make the assumption that Kevin's uh, son is away at college or is on the way back uh, you know, to distance learn and wanting to know if he should be, still be paying uh, the other parent child support if the child lives with him. So if, again, I would go by the court order. I mean, if the court order says that he's supposed to be ch paying child support for a certain amount of time until the child turns 18, then you would want to file that. You would want to follow that court order. Once the, once the child turns 18, then obviously you could stop paying child support if that's what your court order says. I think the second part of the question that you stated was how do you then go about stopping the child support order? I know in some jurisdictions, like in mine, in, you can it will sometime sometimes it'll terminate automatically. Sometimes it doesn't always work like that, even though it's supposed to. So best practice I always tell my clients is you'll want to take that extra step and file a motion to terminate even though the child is aging out or if you have other children who may not have aged out, you would wanna still file that motion so it's clear for the court who you're paying child support for, who you're not paying child, child support for. So everything is just updated for the court's record, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. There's all kinds of complications that will well give actually relief mechanisms uh, for Kevin. Uh, like in Missouri, for example, if it's done by wage assignment, meaning automatically coming out of your mm -hmm. paycheck, you can move to quash the wage assignment on the basis that maybe, Kevin, you now have custody. Um, you can file a termination, uh, as you alluded to, Gianna, is that as an operation of law in Missouri, once you have continuous custody by consent after a defined period of time, it automatically stops. Now, you still have to take action to officially terminate it uh, and then maybe you ask for support, uh, but you can't self-help necessarily. Uh, if you have an agreement with your spouse that says, yeah, you can stop, that's fine. It better be in writing, but then you have to make sure that a court order uh, put, gets put in place to do that. Because I think there's just so many things. And college kids, it gets really complicated because they live away for eight to nine months of the year. Uh, and the question becomes how much support is really needed and necessary. So. Mm -hmm. You know, once again, a lot of times family law issues, you know, that's why we issue the disclaimer, they're so complicated with every circumstance and every fact, and there's twists that, you know, the law, you know, doesn't necessarily just easily apply. We can just say, oh, yes, do this. And so for Kevin, I think you're right. And follow the law, keep paying your child support payments until you meet with an attorney who says, here's what you should do. That's good. For yes, absolutely. Go ahead. I would say, I know I've also had, I don't know if this is also something similar that maybe Kevin was talking about. I also had a, a recent client where they, the child was a, a senior in high school, even if with physical school may be out of session, but over here we still have you know, social learning, it's still considered school. So if your divorce decree says that you're supposed to be paying child support until the child graduates from high school or turns 18, even if they're not in physical school, the social distance would still consider to be school. So you yep. would still want to, even if they're not going to school, you would still want to continue to pay child support if they're still doing that social distancing until whenever the school is now considered it to be graduated. Yep, absolutely. 
For some dads out there, the coronavirus pandemic has become a pretext to limit access to their children. Other dads have been pushed out of key decisions affecting their children's lives. If you're one of those dads, Cordell & Cordell is here for you, as always, but with expanded services. We can meet you in person or by video conference on weekdays, evenings, or weekends. Our goal is to step up our service to meet your needs now. Sam asks something, and I know we talked about this. We have an LLM, a master's in tax, uh, one of our attorneys, uh, about three weeks ago. Um, I want to say that we talked to Joma up in Colorado during our live webinar, uh, and I think this is what she said, and I'll try and maybe, Jenna, get your thoughts. Sam asked, will fathers who are overdue on child support get a stimulus check? And I, I thought, you know, and since it's kind of a little bit, it's a, uh, a tax issue that I have a little bit of background um, my understanding is if that overdue amount has been reported to either a state agency um, and now it's flagged, um, typically like a refund from the IRS, you wouldn't get your refund. That refund would be redirected to the state and then redirected to the mom. And it very well may be. And I think Ijoma, or not Ijoma, yeah, it was Ijoma issued. There was some guidance from the IRS that indicated that if the IRS was alerted to an overdue amount through the state agency, that they would redirect that stimulus check. I don't know what you heard, Gianna, but that's uh, Sam's question. That was my understanding as well, that if it was reported, then no, you would not get a, yeah. Get a stimulus. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. you know, you could even contact, I mean, I think obviously the question becomes is um, that may just satisfy your overdue amount and you're made whole and uh, mm -hmm. all as well. So Sam, you know, talk to an attorney and make sure you can find that out. So Wes asks, uh, my ex is saying, I, when I come visit my daughter, I can't touch my daughter, can't hug because of social distancing. Is that true? So I think children need affection. They need love. I mean, if you are typically are affectionate with your child, you typically hug your child. And I, mean, I would continue to do that. I think doing the opposite would be more harmful to your child. So I would continue to act with your child like you normally would and just tell the other parent that you respectfully disagree with her and just leave it at that. And I mean, you could also add that you're going to, that you're following the CDC guidelines, um, you know, taking proper precautions, but I wouldn't get into any type of back and forth with the other parent. I think that's just an argument you're not going to win and just keep it really short and simple and just hug on your child and love on your child. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't think the social distancing guidelines were intended to be inflicted or imposed upon families inside That's a right. single family household. You know, yeah. I was watching the NFL draft last night and it's so funny how aware and we are now of the social distancing and I'm watching them and they were sitting inches apart and I, and I don't blame them and they're living there already um, and they're contained in one household. And so, and they were hugging and high-fiving and mm -hmm. shaking hands. And it is what it is. I think it, it is ludicrous to suggest that if you're not showing signs, feeling ill, haven't been exposed, of course, you know, a parent should be a parent. And uh, it's hard enough uh, really to have, and I've read some articles that there could be some post-traumatic stress issues for this generation uh, coming out of uh, COVID-19 mm -hmm. and not understanding, you know, why, what happened, and dealing with depression and anxiety. Um, and so the last thing you need to do is uh, not, as you suggest, show affection and, and, and try to keep some sense of normalcy in a family life. So I think that you can document that and demand that, that that's appropriate. Yeah. 
Uh, let's see. Um, Michael says my ex has her entire extended family, which includes nine children packed into their parents' family home. It's a clearly against social distancing directive. Is there anything that I should be doing? I think this is interesting. So if you have knowledge that there's any type of exposure in the household mm -hmm. to COVID-19, then you would want to document that because maybe that could give rise to some type of an emergency motion to be filed. But if you don't have any knowledge of that and they're just violating the social distancing guidelines as suggested in that question, then you would certainly want to document that. It seems like you've maybe are already starting to document that, document it through on social media as to how they're violating the social distancing guidelines, when they're violating the social distancing guidelines. And that can certainly be used, I think, down the line if you're thinking about modifying custody or some type of a contempt action, whatever may be going on in your specific situation. But yes, I mean, you certainly want to document that for your uses. I think that's yeah. important. I agree. And I think I'll kind of combine Michael's question with Paul because I think they're similar. And I'll preface it with, for example, I was visiting someone um, last week and went to their house. And of course, we sit outside and social distance, but his neighbor and he's concerned, they have uh, 10 cars now at this kind of single family residence. And basically, it's the same situation. An entire family with multiple children are living in a single family household, but then they leave during the day and they go about and who knows what they're doing, right? And, and it could be that they're not practicing the appropriate CDC guidelines and you know the, the, the stop the spread guidelines. And so Paul suggests, what if co-parent is not observing recommended practices for limiting exposure? Can I withhold custody? And I think that goes into Michael's question, as you suggest, is to really evaluate you know, what's going on and are they, you know, taking the appropriate steps? Are they taking precautions and limiting the you know, exposure and decreasing the risk? And I think that's what really Paul's asking. And I think it, from Paul's perspective, and I'll get yours as we wrap this up, is engage the spouse or the former spouse and say, hey, I'm concerned. Yeah. Let's talk about this, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. I think, and then for that question, I mean, like I was saying before, I mean, you always want to look at your divorce decree or your order, make sure you are aware of each provision. I think you, if the order says that the other parent is supposed to have this time, then you do want to make sure that you're following the provision so you're not opening yourself up to some type of contempt action. On the other side of that, if you do have a good faith belief that there may be some exposure going on with COVID-19, there's some type of safety issue, well-being issue going on, then there may be an argument to be made that that could be a defense to a contempt action and maybe yeah. you, you could withheld, uh, withhold the visitation, excuse me. Um, and you know, it's very fact specific. So yeah. you, it, you just have to kind of use your best judgment there, but you do wanna, generally you do wanna look at the decree and make sure that we are following the Good point. So as we kind of conclude, maybe that I think we can end with this, Jenna, just kind of update guys who are watching and listening. What's the status of courts in Arkansas? You know, have they been open? Are they continue? Are you, do you have, uh, are they actually physically open? What's going on in Arkansas? Just let us know. Well, we actually just got an update this morning. They have the deadline, the court closure deadline has been extended to May 15th. So they are closed for in-person hearings until that date but we are open for everything else. So we can do mediations. They are encouraging Zoom hearings, conference calls, things of that nature. 
but for in-person hearings, they are closed unless you have an emergency hearing. Emergency is kind of on a case-by-case -case basis. Usually emergency hearing will be defined if there's some type of irreparable harm that's going to happen to a child, um, things of, of that nature. Uh, so we, there is possible to get in front of a court, but for a limited basis, things are closed down here. And you can still file, file a petition. Yes, absolutely. You can still file any type of motions. Courts are still accepting that. And a lot of the uh, counties, excuse me, they are opened electronically, so we can get everything done on e-filing. So it makes it even easier. Yeah, great. Well, Gianna, thank you so much for uh, going through the, the list of, uh, you know, the pressing questions guys have if they want answers. Great. Thank you so much. It's fun. Yeah, well, thanks for joining us today again. If you need a consultation, you know, as we go through that laundry list of questions and depressing issues that guys have, you certainly need to find an attorney that practices solely in family law, and that's certainly something we do as well. You can contact us at 866-DADS-LAW or find us online at cordellcordell.com. Continue to tune in daily to this podcast and videocast as we address issues that guys have, and we try to go through all facets, including you know, before, during, and after divorce. Also tune in line to our weekly live webinar. Uh, this coming week, we're gonna be doing a virtual town hall where we'll have you show up via Zoom and you can ask questions live uh, of our panel of guests uh, to try to get your answers real time. So until next time, have a good week.